1: We know Jesus is our Savior and Redeemer, but what about the captain of our salvation? Let's talk about that next. Jesus, our elder brother, our Savior, the consolation of Israel, the Lord's Christ. But he is also the captain of our salvation. And that is what we are exploring today on Times of Refreshing from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, will take us to the book of Hebrews. We're looking at chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. It's there that we invite you to catch up with our teacher and pastor as we explore Jesus as the captain of our salvation. There's a lot packed in that little statement. Let's explore it together, shall we? Here's Pastor Napoleon.
2: He says, For it was fitting for him, God the Father, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory. Somebody say, Many sons. Many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who sanctifies, Jesus, and those who are being sanctified, us, are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am and the children whom God, our Father, has given me. Speaking concerning Jesus. Inasmuch then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through death, he might destroy him who had the power over death. The power of death, that is, the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make the propitiation for the sins of the people. Look at this. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted or tested. That Greek word there is tested. He is able to aid those who are tempted or tested. How many love that right there? Now listen to, what, listen to this. As we go back. As we go back. And we go back to verse 10. Let's paint this picture. It says here in verse 10. For it was fitting for him who, who, for whom are all things. And by whom are all things. And bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of thou su- their salvation. He says perfect through sufferings. Understand that um, for all of us here. God's desire is for us to mature from glory to glory. He wants to bring us to glory. He wants us to be what he in And I want to say this right. He wants us to experience his original intention for us. Who you are now is not what God originally intended you to be. Understand that when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were placed in a perfect situation. And they were made exactly the way that God our Father wanted them to be made. Their decision to listen to the temptation of the enemy brought them into a place in a position of corruption. And what I said to you all last week is what I'll say to you. Today, when Adam sinned, we all sinned. We all became a partaker of his fallen nature and experienced fallen nature. And so for us, understand that right now we are not perfect. We are not God's original intention. His desire wasn't for us to be lying and cheating and stealing and cussing and doing drugs and and doing things that were detestable in his sight. That wasn't wasn't his desire. But understand God has allowed for his own purposes nature to take its course but then had an answer. And how many know that answer is Jesus? Jesus. So understand that when we get in here, God is trying to bring us to glory. He's trying to bring us to glory. He's trying to bring us to his original intention, but he's doing it in reverse. We have been marred, and now we're becoming perfected. And he's perfecting us. And he's doing this by his strength and by his grace And he's doing it because of his vast love for us. And we have to see that, wait a minute, God is trying to work on me. And sometimes we forget that. God already knows you're not perfect. He still chose you. But he's not through with you. You have to see in your mind that ultimately God wants me to be transformed. And he wants me to experience his original intention for me. Intention for me. And so he says, for it was fitting for him, verse 10, for for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory. Now watch this. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He says captain. Somebody say "Captain." captain. Jesus is the example that God our father is looking for in and through us. He is the prototype He is, the Bible says, the second Adam or the last Adam. He is the person that now God is trying to forge us into. He wants us to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to what? And so understand that Jesus is the captain. He is the model The prototype. But he's not only the model or the prototype, he is the perfecter. So he is the epitome of perfection, but he is also the perfecter. He is the example, but then he's also the person that's working on you. Understand that he's not going to mess up if the clay will yield to his hand. And making you exactly what he wants you to be. And that is a split split image of who he is. He's not going to mess it up. He's going to make it just the way he wants it to be made. He's going to make you just the way that he wants you to be made. But we have to yield to the potter. As he has us on the wheel. So that we can be made the way that he wants us to be made. This Greek word. Actually these words here. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering or to make the captain of their salvation perfect. That word there really is one word and it's teleos. It's teleo. It's the word we get teleos from which means to be mature or to be perfect or to come of age. It speaks of maturity. So understand the captain or the perfect one, the mature one who is the captain of our salvation, is working on us to perfect us. Understand this. And he uses, now watch this here, because I'm going somewhere with this. He uses, he says here, to make the captain of their salvation perfect, mature through, he says, sufferings. Now that don't sound good to me. But let's understand this. It says here, and this is good for this word when I look up this, this Greek word or phrase. The thought here is not that Jesus suffered from a de- deficiency of character or nature. And that through suffering he underwent, underwent moral improvement. The thought here is not that Jesus suffered from a deficiency of character or nature. And that through suffering he, went to, he underwent moral improvement. Rather, the perfection of Christ qualifies him as Savior. The appointed way to Saviorhood followed the path of testing. In the face of even the most pressing hardship and suffering, Jesus remained obedient to his Father. Having successfully endured the trial of life, He was proven fit to be Savior or to be the Savior of God's people. Suffering didn't perfect him. He was perfect. And through through suffering, he showed the way, showed that he was qualified, showed that he was the one that could be the the example for those who go through testing in their own lives. And the same Christ that overcame testing is the same Christ that gets inside of you and helps you to overcome testing as he's taking you through this process. Now, for him, there was nothing in him that needed to change. This is what qualified him as a savior, but the testings came to prove his mettle. And to show us and to give us an example of how we overcome in our lives when we go through seasons and times of testing. Can I have an amen? And so it's important that we understand this about Jesus. He is perfectly perfect. He went through testing for us, not for himself. And he proved who he is and what he can do and what we can do in and through him by going through periods of time of suffering or testing and trial in life. And this is exactly what he did. And he did this for a reason. Look what he says here in verse 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And so the one who is sanctified is now sanctifying in and through us. And he has forever united us together with him and called us brothers and sisters. That's always amazing to me. It's amazing to me that Jesus would identify himself with me. With all I've been through. With all I've experienced in life. That he would take his time and say that he's our brother. That he's yoked himself together with us and is not ashamed to call us brethren because what is he doing he's sanctifying us he's processing us and he's preparing us and taking us from glory to glory in this life can i have an amen he says he is not ashamed to call them brethren saying i will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly i will sing praise to you This is one of the reasons why in this church we believe so mightily in the prophetic. And we believe in not just prophesying to people, but just being inspired and prophetic just in nature. That we give room for the Holy Spirit to have his way. In the midst of the assembly, us gathering, Jesus begins to sing his songs. And he doesn't come down here physically and sing a song, but he'll sing a a song through you. He sings prophetically through us. And he inspires us to sing sing things and to pray things and to to prophesy things and to preach things that come from his throne. And in the midst of the assembly, this is what he does. Why? Because he's our brother. And, And he's sanctifying a people that are going from glory to glory in their journey. For all of us, we have to embrace this, that in the midst of the congregation, Jesus is there. And he sings praise to the Father, but he does it in and through us. He says, and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. We have become his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. We belong to Jesus. Jesus purchased us with his own shed blood. And he delivered us. We, we have a captain, a leader, a mature one a perfect one that is over us. We're not just here on the planet aimlessly going through. We have someone that's leading the charge and preparing us as he's leading the charge. Can I have an amen? Now these are the verses I really wanted to get to though. He says here in verse 14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death, He might destroy him who had the power of death. He says that is the devil. And release those who through fear of death. Somebody say fear of death. Through fear of death were all their lifetime. He says subject to bondage. Now I want to just stop right here. Because this is important. When Jesus went to. Jesus encountered death. And he didn't do it for his sake. He did it for our sake. He encountered death overcame death by the power of the resurrection. We talked about this last week. By the power of the resurrection, he overcame death. He took the the keys of hell, death, and the grave. He snatched them out of the hands of the devil and said, no longer are you going to intimidate people through the fear of death and cause them to think that their life is just about what they're doing here on this planet. And that there's nothing outside of this. No longer are you going to grip people with excruciating fear and panic and worry. And cause people to be overcome with panic attacks. Feeling like they can't function anymore because if they get on the plane, they're going to die. If they get in the car, they're going to die. If they go here or do this, they're going to die. That, that I'm going to take the sting of death away from you, devil, and help people to understand that there is life after death and that there is the power of the resurrection that, I've, that, that, that I have displayed. This is what Jesus did. He went to the grave so he can display that the grave doesn't have as much power as you think. That there's something outside and beyond just this life that God has prepared for us. Ooh, I, I feel this right now in my spirit. I feel this. That he has prepared for us and death should not be. And I watch this with people. People are so afraid of everything. Self-preservation kicks in and, and, and people are just, you, you can't even drive in a car with them. And then when you do drive in a car, they, 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 don't, they don't want to be a passenger. They have to take the wheel because they want to be in control of everything, just in case. I know I'm preaching right now. And they're, they're so afraid that, well, at least if I got the wheel, I can control it. But you don't got the wheel. You got angels around you that is keeping you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Can I have an amen? You better ask somebody. If you don't got the Holy Ghost with you, anything is liable to happen. And so for us, we have to understand that when it comes to life, we cannot be petrified, fearful of everything, and allow death. I know I'm preaching to somebody. I don't know who this is for, but, I, but we cannot allow death to so grip us that we're just afraid of everything. Jesus, he overcame death to show us that you can overcome death. And death is a gateway into God's presence and power for eternity. It's not something that we go around all our lives fearing. And you can enjoy your life when you're not afraid of everything. Can I have an amen? You can enjoy your life when you're not afraid of everything. Well, this is what the devil uses as a tool. He uses the fear of death as a tool, a wicked tool to grip people so that they don't become who God wants them to become. He paralyzes them with the fear of death. He paralyzes them. He causes them to get stuck. And for us as the people of God, we have to see is that Jesus partook of the flesh and blood. And he went through death to show people that death doesn't have the power that you think it has anymore. Why? Because there's the the assurance of the resurrection in Christ. He says in verse 14, let's read it again. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of of death, that is the devil, and release. Somebody say release. Look at your neighbor and say, be released, be released. He says, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It's bondage when we get crippled by the fear of death. People are bound up. They don't see. I'm not saying that people should want to die. Nobody should want to die. But we don't look at death the same way. As if we don't have any hope outside of death. We don't look at death the same way. We look at death and we put it in its proper context understanding that the same person who was on, who was sitting on the right hand of their father, the same one who got into an earthen shell, the same one who walked around the streets of Jerusalem for 33 and a half years, the same one who went to the grave and got into the grave and went down to the lower parts of the world and then came up with the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And the same one that's sitting on the right of the Father is the same one that when I accepted Him, got down on the inside of me. And now I don't have death in me, I have life. He is the, the life, and He is the light. And that life is on the inside of me. And this same life is the same one that when I do come out of this shell, is the same one that's going to usher me to the right hand of the Father and to the blessing of the kingdom. And then when he returns, it's the same one that's going to give me a resurrected body. Oh, can I have an amen? Don't make me run through here. Give me a resurrected body. And, this is, and there's nothing that the devil can do about it. The devil can't stop it. The devil can't block it. The devil can't hinder me. The devil can't stop me. The devil can't... Can I have an amen in this place? Now, this right here is a this what I'm talking about is a doctrinal position of truth. And I wanted to slow down this morning and just let's get into some stuff that's gonna weigh you down. We can fly high, but we need some weight to us too. So when the devil starts knocking on our door saying, You're gonna die, you can say, No, I'm gonna live. Open your Bible, devil, to Hebrews chapter 2, and let's go through the Scriptures. And if, I, and if the Lord so chooses to take me home, rest assured, I know exactly where I'm going, and I'm not tripping, and I don't want the people to trip because I... See, there's something in you that starts to shift when the devil can't use fear to intimidate you and use fear to debilitate you. When you start looking at the devil and, and say, no... I got life in me. And wait till we get down in here. We going to see why this is so important. But, we, but we, that you're able to fight back with something. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except, he says, through me. He says, I am the resurrection. The resurrection is inside of me. The life is inside of me. Christianity isn't just a belief system, y'all. It's an experience. You have been infused with the nature and life of Christ. And the captain of your salvation, who was made perfect or mature, he proved his saviorhood by the way in which he conducted his affairs upon the face of the earth and overcame on every trial and test. And he's the same one that lives on the inside of you. But we got to get so stabilized in our spirit that we cast off this fear we, fe- we cast off trepidation. We cast off anxiety and worry and doubt and, and all, it, all this stuff. And we get into a place of rest and we're stable in life. Pastor, my, 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 my kids, I, hey listen, did you pray for your kids? You asked for the blood of Jesus to be on your children and you asked God to keep them and release angels to protect them. You better get some sleep. Can I have an amen? You did what you can do. Your worrying is you are going to do it. My husband, my wife, my job. The enemy uses fear and the fear of death to cripple people. We've got to get to a place in our lives where we understand we have a captain who is the captain of our salvation, and he is paved the way and gave us the perfect example of how we overcome in the midst of this life. Can I have an amen? amen. Then look what he says here in verse 16. This is important. He says, for indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Now, this is important because this really means when you look, some people may have a King James Version Bible here. He says he did not partake of the nature of angels, he did not partake of the nature of angels. And I just wrote this down. It says, Give aid by partaking of humanity to take on the nature of. He didn't do that. He didn't partake or give aid or take on the nature of the angels. He took on the nature of humanity to give aid to humans that needed freedom and deliverance. He didn't do this for for the angels.
1: A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.